You're listening to the podcast of Christ Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We hope these sermons help you to know God through Christ by deepening your belief in the gospel. The reading this evening comes from Joshua 4. When all the nations have finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take 12 men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take 12 stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the 12 men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and take up each of you a stone upon your shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be the people of Israel a memorial forever. And the people of Israel just did just as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones out of the midst of the Jordan according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, just as the Lord told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests hearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. For the priests bearing the Ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to tell the people according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua. The people passed over in haste, and when all the people were, had finished passing over, the ark of the Lord and the priests passed over before the people. The sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh passed over armed before the people of Israel, as Moses had told them, about, about 40,000 ready for war passed over before the Lord for battle. For the, to the plains of Jericho. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they stood in awe of him, just as they had stood in awe of Moses all the days of his life. And the Lord said to Joshua, command the priests, bearing the ark of the testimony to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priests, come out of the Jordan. And when the priests bearing the ark of the covenant of the Lord came up from the midst of the Jordan and the soles of the priests' feet were lifted up on dry ground, the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all its banks as before. The people came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month and they encamped at Gilgal 
on the east border of Jericho. In those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, when your children are asked their fathers in times to come, what do those stones mean? Then you shall let your children know Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for, the, for you until you passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea when he dried up for us until we passed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord God, as we were singing, we do need you. Lord, I need you. With your Holy Spirit, would you move our minds, our distracted hearts to your word? Would you bring us to see Jesus, to be reminded that we need you and that it is through Jesus and through the grace that you have given us that we can now walk in obedience. We live our hearts, our minds before you this time for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Hello everyone, my name is Jordan Rivera and I was one of two ministry residents here at Christ Church. Now I am one of one ministry residents at Christ Church. Aaron Bickett and the family, we sent them a couple weeks ago to Central Asia and uh, we miss them but we're glad they are, they are there being faithful witnesses of the gospel in Central Asia. Uh, so let us not forget to pray for them. Now, uh, me and my family, my family and I, are here now in the process to, to plant a Spanish-speaking church in the city, and we hope in the next year or so to plant the church. So you have a year or so to learn Spanish and then come with us to plant this church. If, if you didn't know, that's actually the reason why Pastor Kyle is taking Spanish lessons every week so that he can come with us. So maybe you want to join him and then join us in the church plant. We're now in the book of Joshua, and I'm excited to be sharing the next four weeks with you. And this chapter, as you heard it, it's all about repetition, repetition about obedience, repetition about reminders. So we are going to be reminded again that we need to be reminded so that we can be obedient. So that's the title, Reminders for Obedience. Two years ago, I had the privilege to preach for the first time here, and I shared with you on Proverbs chapter 3, and I shared a little bit about my grandfather in a very particular interaction that I had with him. For the last 10 years or so, his health has been deteriorating, not only because of his age, but also because of his Alzheimer's. And uh, when I used to live close by him, I used to talk to him more often, and I, I was wondering how much aware is he that he's, that he's forgetting stuff. So as we were talking one time, he forgot about something, and I stopped him and I said, why are you forgetting things so, so often? And uh, he thought for a minute and he said, I don't know, he said, I'm, I'm getting old, 
you, you cannot remember it all, he said. And I'm like, well, you're right, you're getting old and you cannot remember it all. But there's another reason. So I reminded him of his father-in-law. His father-in-law also had Alzheimer's. And by the time my grandfather did remember him and we talked a little bit about him and also a little bit about Alzheimer's. So then I asked him, I looked at him and, and I said, Grandpa, don't you think that maybe, maybe, you also have Alzheimer's and this is why you're forgetting things so often too. If you wanna know the rest of the story, you can come and talk to me at the end of the service. I'm gonna be standing right there. But this particular interaction has helped me through the years to understand better my spiritual condition. Uh, the reality that I forget about what God has done and who God is very often Sometimes I don't even try to forget, it's just, I forget about God, I forget who he is and what he has done. So this is why I think God in his word has given us reminders, passages like Joshua 4, to be reminded that we need, we need stones, we need memorials in our lives, to be reminded not only of what he has done, but of who he is. So. Today, this is my aim, that we may come to understand just a little bit better, that we need reminders of who God is to live in fearful obedience, that we need reminders of who God is to live in fearful obedience. And I've divided our passage in two, two sections. From verses 1 to 14, we're going uh, to see uh, the people of Israel passing over the Jordan. We're going to see a call to obey and a call to, uh, a call to remember and a call to obey. And then from verses 15, 15 to 24, we're going to see the people of Israel coming up out of the Jordan, and also we're going to see a call to remember and a call to obey. So let's dive in. If you have your Bibles, you can check that the last phrase, the last sentence of chapter 3 uh, finished like this, that all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. In this chapter, verse 1, you can see that it basically starts the same way. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, and we would think that then the story picks up chronologically and that we would have then the event. But actually, if you read in verse 11, we read again that when all the people had finished passing over, and this is the third time now in our passage that we read this, uh, this same thing. And we know that the people of Israel didn't pass three times through the Jordan, but this is a way that biblical writers use often to make, uh, make it feel like if the event is frozen in time, and they repeat the event again to make a different emphasis. This is how ancient narrative work, uh, works. A teacher of mine used to say that reading these narratives is like listening to music with headphones with stereo on. You're listening the same song in both of your ears, but you hear some sound effects and some musical arrangements in different ears. You don't hear the same thing in both. And the purpose is to enhance the beauty of the song. And in this same way, authors use this strategy to tell us the same event back to back with different emphasis to enhance the point of the story, to bring up the importance of this story. And this story is very important for the people of Israel. As we learned in chapter one, it was 500 years ago that God promised to Abraham that he was going to give him 
him a land to himself and to his people. And God brought the people of, uh, of Israel out of the slavery of Egypt. He stopped the waters of the Red Sea. Now he's stopping the waters of Jordan. He's bringing the people into the fulfillment of the covenant that God had made. So this is, this is important for the people of Israel because this says a lot about who God is. So therefore, a sign makes sense. God wants a sign for the people of Israel. He wants them to remember. Signs of remembrance are not new in the narrative of Scripture. We've seen different signs if we're reading uh, in order the Bible. We've seen already that the rainbow is a sign to the covenant of Noah. We've seen that circumcision is a sign to the covenant of Abraham. We've seen that the Passover is a sign. We've seen that the Sabbath is a sign. There are many other signs. And these signs lead us to remember, again, not only what God has done, but who he is. And this is very important. And we, we can see that in verse 7. If you, if you, if you uh, look in your Bibles, it says, Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. The Ark of the Covenant is mentioned 17 times in verses 3 and 4. And this tells us, a lot of what the author is trying to do. The whole point of the remembrance, the whole point of the event is that God was doing this for the people of Israel. God is the center of the remembrance. God is the center of the event. God is the center of the miracle. And in the ancient world, there were several accounts that um, many other nations had of their gods defeating the gods of the waters. We have the Mesopotamians. Uh, they had a god who conquered over the sea goddess. And we also have the people of Canaan, the people that were in the promised land. They had the god Baal who had conquered over the god of the river and the god of the sea. But those were myths because they didn't witness that their god had conquered over the waters. But the people of Israel were witnessing that God, Yahweh, was conquering over the power of the waters. So this sign, this sign of the event is very, very important. It says not only about the people of Israel, but it says a lot of who God is. God is establishing himself, his rulership, not only in the east of the Jordan, but he is bringing his people to his land to establish them in his rulership on the west side of the Jordan River. Israel needed these reminders because this was going to shape Israel's identity and this was going to shape Israel's Reality, a reality where not, where, where not only God was with them, although that is true, but a reality where they were with God. It was not that the people of Israel had a great idea to find a land. It's not that they thought, yeah, might as well invite God to our plans so that we can win the battles and that we can be established at this other side of the river. It was not Israel's idea. It was God's idea. He wanted this for the people of Israel. And Israel needed to be reminded of, that, of, of this because in, in times of, of trouble, in times of, of battle, when they were facing the giants, when they were conquering the land and they were establishing in the land, they needed to remember that, yeah, it didn't look like a great idea to fight these giants. But God said that we were going to conquer this land. 
It was God's idea, and we can trust him. Reminders that do not only shape the identity of Israel to know that they are God's people, but reminders that lead them to understand the reality in a different way that can move them to obedience. Reminders usually moves us to obedience. And with that, maybe, maybe you've been wondering in the last week or so, or maybe the last month, why obedience has not been part of your life lately. Maybe because reminders of God have been not part of your life lately. Because maybe you have not been meditating on who God is and who you are in God. Reminders and obedience are tightly connected. We need reminders that we live in God's reality, that we live in a reality where God rules. We need reminders through the word. We need reminders like in our church gatherings. We need reminders through songs. We need reminders through other fellow believers. And this is why we gather weekly. This is why the elders have shaped the liturgy the way that they have. This is why Pastor Nathan chooses carefully what types of songs we sing every Sunday. This is why we partake of the Lord's Supper weekly. This is why we have gospel communities. This is why we have discipleship groups. This is why you need to be part of all of this in the church. And I know sometimes it's hard to be part of the whole life of the church. And sometimes even reminders and to live intentionally being reminded and to set up reminders in your life may not seem very convenient. I, I mean, if, if you're thinking about maybe waking up an hour early to be reminded of God's reality, that may not sound very convenient. So, sometimes uh, reading the Bible through your uh, children's nap may not sound convenient. Uh, to, to fast does not sound convenient. But we need them. And, and don't get me wrong, sometimes it is good for you to sleep a little bit more. Sometimes it's good for you, for you to eat. But if we are waiting for the right moment to come to set reminders or to be reminded, that time may not come. We saw in the story in, in this chapter four of 12 people that are selected, are put apart so that they can carry a stone to build up this memorial. Just imagine the people of Israel, they are crossing to the other side of the Jordan and Joshua stops them and say, hey guys, the Lord said, take a very heavy stone, put it on your shoulder and put it all the way, set it all the way where, where, where we are gonna stay the night. I can just imagine them thinking that, that the Lord said, what? <laughs> this, is, this is not convenient. It is not convenient when we already passed to the other side to come back to the middle of the river, to pick a heavy stone and then to put it on the shoulder to walk, I don't know, a couple of miles to set this memorial. Is this that important? But God knew that the people of Israel needed this reminder. God knew that, they were, that these 12 men were not going to forget about this reminder. We also, we also read in verse nine that Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan. It seems like a second memorial that Joshua is lifting up here in this event. 
And just imagine all the people already crossing to the other side and Joshua is stopping to set up this reminder. A reminder that was going to be covered by the waters. A reminder that maybe for most of the year, maybe only when the waters were going to be low, it was going to be seen. But Joshua wants this reminder. He knows that these reminders are important. Reminders may not seem convenient, but are needed. And not only in this passage we see that reminders may not seem convenient, but we see also in this chapter that obedience is not sometimes convenient or it may not seem convenient. And I know you understand that reminders and obedience are convenient. We should be reminded and obey. But sometimes it doesn't look that way. We read in verses 8 and 10, we read phrases like, just as the Lord told Joshua, as Joshua told the people, according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua. We, we see these phrases over and over. So we have that the priest, the 12 men, the people of Israel, we have the Joshua, all of them obeyed despite the inconvenience. The priest, as, as we learned last week, walking into the running river, walking in faith that the waters were going to stop. Sometimes we think that walking in faith is just trusting that God was, is going to stop the waters before we walk into the waters. But God wants them to walk in faith, to, to, to walk understanding that God is faithful to his word and that he's not going to fail. So we have not only the priest doing that, but also if you read in verses 12 and 13, we have uh, something about the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh, and we have 40,000 people that are ready for battle. If you remember, Pastor Nathan have mentioned this, that these, the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh, they already had a land on the east side of the river. And they didn't need to go to the other side to conquer land for them. But, but Moses had told them that if they were going to stay on this east side of the river, that then they needed to go, go with all the tribes of Israel to the other side to face the battle. This doesn't seem convenient, neither. They already have a land. Why do they have to fight for the land of others? but they are obedient. We, we see examples of obedience, although situations and circumstances may not look convenient. And we're called to obey, not because it looks convenient or not. We know that it is. Disobedience is not convenient. We're called to obey because we're God's people, because he has chosen us, because he has brought us to himself, and we don't belong to ourselves anymore. We belong to him, and therefore we don't do the things that we would like to do, because our heart is deceitful, our mind is deceitful, the world is deceitful, but God is not. He's faithful. We can trust him, and if he has brought us and if we've seen a pattern of God's faithfulness, and if we've seen a pattern of our unfaithfulness, should we trust ourselves? Do we belong to ourselves? We're called to obedience because we're God's people, because he has brought us from the slavery of sin, of sin to a great master, and we need these reminders. We need these reminders to be moved to obey. We're moving now to our second point, 
coming up out of the Jordan from verses 15 to 24. This is a phrase that is repeated more than once, coming up out of the Jordan. And it is referring to the same event that we just saw in chapters 1 to 14. And actually, uh, also we see that in verses 21 to 24, we have again the, the story of the memorial stones, of the 12 stones. So since I have already preached about those two events, um, I think I can just cut it here and maybe we can pray. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we have again these two events for a reason. And I, as, as I told you, as I told you, these events are repeated again, now with a different emphasis, to bring up the importance of the event and to show us that God is faithful, who he is and what he has done. So, now the author is wording this event in a different way. He's using words that should bring our minds back to the crossing of the Red Sea. In Exodus 15, 19, as Moses is reflecting back of the crossing of the Red Sea, he says the following, but the people of Israel walked on dry ground in the midst of the sea. They walked on dry ground. And that is the same exact language that is used in verse 18. Uh, as, as we read that the priest's feet were lifted up on dry ground. And also we read in verse 23, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over. So our minds should go back, especially because of verse 19. We read something interesting here. It says that the people of Israel came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month. And we may be, if, if we're not tracking, and sometimes we're not, we are not as conscious of, of how um, the authors are using this language and these wordings. But this is exactly the same day, 40 years ago, that the people of Israel had to choose a lamb for the Passover meal. 40 years ago. So our minds should go back to um, the past to see that God has been faithful, as he has been faithful to the people of Israel in Egypt, now he's been faithful to the people of Israel in the crossing of the Jordan River. Both events showing us God's faithfulness, but also showing us that God is in control of every inch of the universe. Then, then by the time that the waters needed to come back together to destroy the Egyptians, they did, because God was in control. And just as the time that the people of Israel had passed to the other side of the Jordan, the waters came together because this was not a coincidence, because this was not casualty, because this was not luck, because this was God. And we read this wording in these passages that just as the people are crossing to the other side, God brought the waters together, showing us again that God is powerful and that he is in control of every single inch of this universe. What a great reminder. We should have two other recounts of the same story again with these reminders because we often not only forget, but we often neglect to remember that God is powerful and that he is faithful. These reminders should have led the people of Israel to obedience. And actually we, we see uh, the language of obedience or something alike in, in the verse in, 
in the 24th verse of the, of the chapter, we read that, so that all the peoples, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the land, that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. The second half of the verse clearly shows us that God expected that when Israel remembered God's work, they would fear him forever. And if you're here in, if you're, if you've been part of a church in a while, you know that this word fear is not necessarily to be scared, but it is to reverence, to show respect. Right reminders lead us to right responses. Right reminders shows us, leads us to right responses. And we see that in verse 24 so that the people may know, but also so that you may fear. God has done this, and God has brought this memorial so that you may fear the Lord. Right reminders moves us to right responses. The Jordan River is a place where the people of Israel needed, needed to be reminded of what he had done and who God is. And it is also a place where different transitions had happened. We now see, we are remembering now that the people of Israel are transitioning now to the land. And not only that, but we are reminded that there's a transition between Moses and Joshua. We read in verse 14 that on that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel. And they stood in awe of him just as they had stood in awe of Moses. So there's a transition between the leadership of Moses and the leadership of Joshua. Later in history, in the same Jordan River, in 2 Kings 2, we also see a transition. We also see two men now in the river, and these are Elijah and Elisha, as they are crossing the river on dry ground. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting, that connection that the authors are, are doing? And now a prophetic ministry is being trans transitioning from Elijah to Elisha. Elijah is taken up to heaven and Elisha is now the new, the new prophet, the, the prophetic voice now for the people of Israel. And then when we get to the New Testament, in the same Jordan River, we see again two prophets, two great men, two leaders, and in this opportunity, the waters are not open, but the sky is open. And a loud voice from heaven is heard saying, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. In the Jordan, John the Baptist's main ministry and focus as he was preparing the way for the Lord is ceasing because the Lord has arrived. The new Joshua, the new Joshua who's gonna lead at the other side of the Jordan River, his people to the land of rest. As we think about the Jordan River, as we think about these transitions, as we're thinking about remembering, let us not forget that these memorials are not ends by, by themselves. Memorials are means to the end, and the end is Jesus, and the end is God himself. And this is what the gospel does. 
The gospel brings us the greatest reminder of all, of Jesus Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection, his exaltation. The gospel is the greatest reminder of what God has done and the greatest reminder of who God is. As we look to the cross, we should be led not only to repentance, but also to obedience. This is why we need the gospel. This is why we need the greatest reminders of all. This is why we need Jesus. We need to be reminded of the cross, the terrible reminder of, of our, the awfulness of sin and, and the beautiful reminder of the precious and sweet grace of love and mercy of our Lord Jesus. The gospel is what we need. The gospel is the greatest reminder. Parents, this is what our children need. If you notice in verses one, 5 to 7 and also in verses 22 and 23, we see Joshua saying, when your children ask you, what do this stone mean to you? I was reading or listening a book on parenting and, and the author was explaining how important it is to raise up a child in an environment where this child can grow in confidence and support. Just imagine how the gospel can shape our children to grow in their faith, in their identity, in their confidence, as they know that Jesus, our commander and king, has led us to the other side of the Jordan, to the place of rest. Jesus, our commander and king, had conquered sin and death, and in him we also have victory over sin and death. Jesus, the one who leads us to obedience. Don't let the voices of the world through technology, be the main reminders of your children, for your children. Don't, don't let the media to be the main reminders for yourselves. One of the saddest things that, that can happen is that YouTube would speak better to our children than we. Because maybe the algor algorithm knows them better than, than we do. We need to spend time with them and teach them the gospel and give them Jesus. What are the reminders that are shaping our lives? Are the news shaping us and reminding, reminding us that politics reigns and rules over the world? Or are we being reminded through the word that Jesus is the king of the whole universe and of our lives and that he rules over every inch of this universe? Are we reminded by media, by, by Instagram, by TikTok, that then more money makes us more valuable? What is the first reminder that you have in the mornings? That you belong to yourself? That you should live to fulfill your desires? That money uh, is gonna fulfill your life? No wonder why we are often led to disobedience. Because the voices and the reminders of the world speak louder than the reminders of the Word of God, than the reminders of Jesus Christ. No wonder sometimes we come here to church to be reminded about Jesus, but we're so distracted because through the week we haven't been meditating on the Word. 
We've been eating the junk, the junk of Netflix and, and Instagram, and, and that has been part of my life too. And this is why we need Jesus. This is why we need reminders. This is why we need to be intentional. This is why we need weekly reminders like this. This is why we need daily reminders. Because once we set them in place, they're gonna help us to be reminded because the remind, the, the remember, as we remember, it only lasts for so long. We will forget again. We have something worse than Alzheimer's. <laughs> There's a tendency already, as I mentioned, not only to forget, but to neglect. So let's be encouraged to use whatever you need to use to set reminders in your life, not that you need to be better, but that you need Jesus more than you think you do. Let's be reminded that the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, He rules the world and that we need Him, that He has led us to the other side of the Jordan River, for rest and peace. And we can only find rest and peace in Him and not every, and anywhere else. Friend, if you're, in, if you're visiting us today, and maybe you, you just realize that, that you don't know Jesus. Maybe you, maybe you are not visiting us and you've been here for a while and you just realize you don't know Jesus. Let this be a reminder for you also. Let the cross be a reminder for you also. In verse 24, we read that, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. When we look at the cross, we are reminded that the hand of the Lord is mighty that the mighty hand of the just God judged sin in Jesus. Because Jesus took the guilt of sin on himself. So today, if you look at the cross and you're, reminder, you're reminded not only of God's justice, but if you're reminded also of God's mercy and grace for your life, if you come in repentance and in faith, you can be part of God's people. You can come to the other side at the place of rest and peace. Come to him. If you want to know more about Jesus, if you would like to speak more about this, I'm gonna be standing right there. I would love to talk to you more about him. Let us be reminded that we need to set in our lives rhythms, rhythms of grace, because those rhythms of remembrance can lead us to obedience. Let us pray. Lord God, we come before you. As we are reminded that we often forget, and as we are reminded that you don't forget that we forget that you remember that we forget and therefore you have created a family. You have created means of grace to partake of you. Ultimately, the, great, the greatest reminder that we can have today 
is not of what you have done, but of who you are for us today and what you can do for that truth or of that truth in us. Would you lead us to obedience this week as we walk in remembrance? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you have been encouraged to deeper life in Christ through the preaching of this sermon. For more information about Christ Church, visit www.christchurchabq.com.